The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And so I realized I wasn't investing in myself at all. I wanted it to be easy. I wanted someone to tell me what to do, but I also didn't want to put the the time and the effort and the work into what it takes to really learn and to grow and to change. You don't turn into a butterfly overnight, right? You have to put in the work. Welcome to A Gut Feeling. I'm your host, Jacqueline Renee, holistic health coach and gut health expert. My mission is to help women achieve alignment through optimal gut health, nervous system regulation, and mindful movement. In this podcast, you will learn to trust your gut, honor your body, and create a healthy relationship with food to live in your highest vibration of health and happiness. Welcome back to A Gut Feeling. Thanks so much for being here, guys. I am really excited. I haven't had a guest on in a while. Before I introduce you to our lovely guest today, I just want to dive in and give you a little background story. Now, Heather has been my client for a while. Uh, We were introduced in person, and we'll dive into that story in a little bit. But she has broken through so many barriers that were preventing her from achieving success on her healing journey. And it's so important for me to share this with you guys. And I, you know, am so excited for her to share this journey herself because I know so many women that feel like they're lost in the struggle, they're overwhelmed, they're frustrated on their journey. And I know that Heather was in the beginning too. And so listening to her light, listening to her success through her shifts and the way that she was able to get there will hopefully bring you guys some hope and you can see yourself in her a little bit and know that there is so much of a path for you out there that will give you hope on your own healing journey. So without further ado, thank you so much, Miss Heather, for being here today. We appreciate you. Hi, Jack. Thanks for having me. This is exciting. Yes, so exciting. I love when I get to have someone I've watched blossom into the best version of themselves on the show to share this. It just, it brings me so much gratitude. So I really appreciate it. Yeah. So let's, you know what, let's tell the story of how we met before we dive into your healing journey story. Cause like I remember bits and pieces of it, but I'd love for you to share with everybody how we met. So Jacqueline and I met in Mexico. Um, we actually, uh, both ended up at Flora Farm. So if you know Flora Farms, um, and thankfully we're, uh, connected because we were on a farm tour because um, they do a little farm tour on Mondays when you stay there. And um, Jacqueline was in my group and um, the farm concierge kept referring to Jacqueline as like the expert for pretty much everything in terms of how to cook something or what are plantains great for. And so I was kind of like, wow, who is this woman? Like, I need to know more. Um, and we ended up seeing each other later. And um I think at that point it was just like casual conversation and, you know, I followed her on Instagram and we were in a lot of these same Facebook groups for Flores and then, um, reached out to her to become, you know, a client of hers. And so I wonder how many years it's been. I was actually trying to think about, it's definitely been a few years. Yeah. Well, I was thinking that too, because it's been a while since I've been on a Flora Farms tour, but I would guess at minimum five years. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I know I was still married then. It was so funny. Like when you say that about the farm tour, cause I was laughing so hard. I mean, she didn't tell me she was going to say anything about me being ex- an expert. She's like, ask Jacqueline how to make plantains. I'm like, I don't know how to do <laughs> plantains. I know what they are, but, but it was just really funny. But yeah, the best came out of that. And I'm, I'm so grateful for you. So why don't you share a little bit more about you as a person? Just tell us, you know, who you are, where you live, what you do, what your life's like, so everyone can understand and relate to that. Sure. Um, well, I live up in the Pacific Northwest. So if you're familiar with Seattle. I live um, 18 miles um, out in the mountains um, in Issaquah. And I um, am a mom. I have a 12-year-old son and been married for 13 years. If you do the math, yes, I wasn't married very long before I had my son. (laughs) So kind of jumped right into wife and being a mother right away. I also work in tech, as many people do up in this area. Um, But I've been with... uh, tech actually for over a decade now. And previous to that, I worked in hospitality and um, for a luxury hotel. So I would say my life, very fast paced work environment, pretty demanding. I mean, I know I have one kid and people can have multiple, but I always say that my son is like the equivalent of three. But um, yeah, so I, I think I started with, um, you know, reaching out to Jacqueline and because my life was so hectic. And I didn't know how to prioritize myself. Um, And I think for many years, working in two industries, I mean, the industry of tech is obviously very broad. My role specifically is supporting executives. So I've always kind of gone from one role to another of being a mom, but also, you know, looking after people. So kind of putting everybody's needs in front of my own has always been a big part of my career and my home life. Hmm. Absolutely. I know a lot of people can relate to that too. The service industry and the tech industry, you're constantly just making sure everybody is happy, you know, that everything is going the right way. And you are the one who juggles a lot of balls, so to speak, yeah. in your in both industries from going from one to the other. And a lot of people rely on you in your career. And then also obviously at home, being a mom and a wife too. So mm-hmm. That can get really overwhelming very quickly, I can imagine. Yeah, 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 definitely. And so inside of that, you're going through what you're going through. You're you're trying to get to this goal in your mind, whatever it is. You're like, okay, I need some help. I'm going to reach out to Jacqueline. And I know that you've worked with, you have like a good team of other practitioners, but share with me a little bit about that beginning of that wellness journey. Like then, um, so to speak, like maybe why you reached out to me or had other practitioners, what your whole mission of your wellness journey was. Yeah. I mean, I think honestly, I, you know, like you said, I did have a, a group of people, a lot of naturopaths around me. Um, I also have another really close friend that's also, um, a wellness coach. So I, I definitely felt like something was still missing, but I, in the beginning, I actually don't think I was as focused on what I really needed to work on. I kind of, I would say by nature, I'm a type A personality. I like to check a box on a list and I kind of felt like, well, someone just needs to tell me what to eat. That's like the easiest thing anyone could do, right? Just, I just need to show up, say, I need to be healthier. I want to lose weight tell me what to do. So yes, I went to Jacqueline with that mindset of Jacqueline, I want to lose weight. Tell me what to do. And Jacqueline is Jacqueline. So she did a great job of really saying, this is great. And of course I can help you. But the reality was I needed to learn all of this on my own because if someone's going to tell me what to do once I'm set free on my own. How am I, how am I ever going to, you know, maintain if I do lose weight, but also I'm just going to some external person to, to kind of fix what I need fixed instead of really working on the skills and the mindset and all the things that were kind of missing from what I was lacking prior to that. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I just want to paint a picture for everybody. The symptoms you were experiencing from the beginning, can you just give me a few of those and what you were explaining? Obviously, you were saying, okay, I want to lose weight. So we know weight loss was a factor. But what other symptoms were you experiencing then? And then here we go into this healing journey, this self-love journey, and tell us you know, where you're at with those symptoms now and what your, what your end results are. Mm-hmm. Uh, brain fog. 
horrible, horrible brain fog to the point where I would sometimes not be able to remember names of people that I talk to every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say I had very, like some of the worst sleep habits. So I wouldn't say I was insomniac, but I was perpetually tired. Just the fatigue of wanting to take a nap every day was very common for me and not being able to is part of the issue too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would over-caffeinate. That was a big part of how I kept awake. Um, maybe this is TMI. I also don't have a gallbladder, but I literally lived in constant fear of where's the nearest restroom mm-hmm. all the time. That was a constant in my life. Like sometimes even going on car trips or if I had something for breakfast and I drove to work and I knew my commute was 45 minutes, like, can I make it to work? Because I go on this road that I know that there's not a restroom if I need to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of terrifying plane rides, everything, right? Like nobody wants to live in this constant fear of like, do I need a restroom? And is it going to be an emergency? Yeah. So that was a big part. I mean, and I mean, I should throw on there that like, I think, you know, I've lost 40 pounds and just alone, like what I feel in my body is different, right? Like not holding on to, I get, I have a very good friend that's my massage therapist. And she's like, when I first started massaging you before, you know, even like a year ago, she's like, you felt like a granite rock. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. And she's like, you should feel like soft, like melty butter. Like, and I think that's a lot of like holding stress, holding things in my body, you know, and that those, that's no way to live. Like I felt like just so tense all the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now you feel like melty butter? <laughs> Apparently I, when I'm massaged, I feel like melty butter. I feel like I feel like melty butter. I mean, I used to always feel like I had really hard like muscles in my shoulders. I was very much into weight training, he- very heavy weights, but maybe doing it, you know, almost to my detriment. So I found a female trainer who really understands female bodies. She's in her fifties. So she kind of understands perimenopause and all of that stuff. So that, that was huge too. And I, I know I left that part out, but find a trainer that you love. If you can afford it, it's the best investment you can make by far. Besides investing in Jacqueline. Like she's- yeah. Ah, thanks. <laughs> but yes, all those symptoms are gone. Like I, of course, do I have brain fog? Yes. I'm a 45 year old perimenopausal woman. Yes. It's not <laughs> gone a hundred percent. But is it a huge difference? Yeah, it's night and day. Mm-hmm. So way better sleep, way less brain fog. You lost 40 pounds without dieting or mm-hmm. cleansing or detoxing or yes. doing all the things yes. and um, just feeling much better overall vitality. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I still don't have a gallbladder, but like. Right. Can't put that back. <laughs> but I think I realized I always blamed it on food. I always blamed everything on like, oh, that's that. It's because I ate that. But the reality is it's all up here, right? The gut brain connection is so important. And I think I had so much stress and so much tension that a lot of times when I was experiencing those things, granted, there's some things, yes, that are just naturally going to happen, right? If you eat something that doesn't agree, but like you shouldn't have it every day. And so mm-hmm. that was a huge thing for me to kind of connect, like be calm in the morning. You know, Jacqueline tells you to chew 25 times before you swallow, <laughs> sit in a quiet place. I don't look at my phone when I eat anymore. I sit down, I sit outside when I can. Um, I like look at food. I'm like, wow, look at this like lunch today. I made a beautiful salad. I looked at like all the different vegetables in it and how blessed I am that at work I have I would never buy fennel at the store and they, they cut beautiful <laughs> fennel and herbs and all this stuff. And I'm like, wow, like I sat down and like, didn't shovel it in like I normally yeah. would have at work at my desk. Yeah. Oh, eating habits are a whole nother podcast, but you know <laughs> that there's a bunch of other podcasts in there. Um, actually, my very first one called Chew on This that will teach you guys more about eating mindfully 100%. So in that moment, when you were like, okay, I, it's clear to me, I know I need help. I need to dive in to make this a little bit more sustainable. What do you feel like were some of the biggest challenges you were facing around that time that you were trying to overcome? I think work-life balance was a huge one, stress. Um, I think a lot of people can say, manage your stress. And that's a, that's that's an area that I'm still working on. 
But I think that in general, that's always been a huge hurdle for me. Um, I also just think making the time was huge. Um, I think when you're constantly doing things for other people, it's very easy to kind of put yourself aside. And so I realized I wasn't investing in myself at all. I wanted it to be easy. I wanted someone to tell me what to do, but I also didn't want to put the the time and the effort and the work into what it takes to really learn and to grow and to change. You don't turn into a butterfly overnight, right? You have to put in the work. Um, so I think those were two areas. The third area, I've always had a very... Um, I'm not, I'm not sure the exact word to use. I'll say it's a complicated relationship with alcohol. And I had a, I definitely had a group of friends and um, even my spouse who, you know, drank. And so um, I felt like that was one area that was always really hard for, like I was doing all the things, right? You're doing like everything pretty spot on to what's supporting yourself, you know? And then yet you're going out drinking on Friday and Saturday night. Or, you know, I, I even fell into like some traps of, you know, I wouldn't be motivated. I wouldn't get up and work out. Um, right. Those priorities and those things that you set aside to do for yourself become too hard because you don't feel good or you didn't sleep great. Um, so I think those were my, my biggest hurdles early on and quite honestly, through a lot of it. Yeah, thank you for sharing those and and being vulnerable and opening up. I'm I know there's a lot of women who, you know, feel the same in their world where it's like, okay, I'm trying to make these changes. I got to be supported by people around me and in all of these things and it, it's not always easy, but I commend you for showing up and doing a lot of that and facing them. One question I had of what you were saying earlier is like, okay, I recognize that it's these things, but sometimes I didn't always want to do them, like maybe wanted the easy way out. Can you explain a little bit more um, on that? Because now it's like you will do anything to take to go right through it and push hard and you have that perseverance, which we'll get to in a little bit. But then what do you think was the, the block, if you will, that was preventing you from saying like, you know what, I'm going to go all in on myself? you know, going back to kind of like community, having people that are cheering you on. I think also, and I find this still when I talk to people, I think everybody wants a quick fix. Everybody wants like, well, what's the thing you did? And it's like the thing that I did that worked for me may not be the thing that works for you. It may not be the thing that like pushed you to where you entered into a different mindset. So I think Definitely surrounding myself um, in environments and around people that pushed me to think differently about my wellness journey and to think about maybe trauma and things in my life, right? It wasn't just about weight. It's never just about weight. It's never just about weight. (laughs) Although everyone comes to see me to lose weight. But I'm like, guess what? We're also going to do all these things because truth be told, fully full in full disclosure and honesty, for a while of us coaching, you weren't losing the weight Mm -hmm. because we were sort of on this level where it's like, okay, we're not diving deep enough. We're not diving deep enough. We're not going into time management. We're not going into stress management. We're not going into some of the things that we're carrying, the weight we're carrying or the relationship with alcohol or food or whatever it was. And you know, spoiler alert, once we started digging into that stuff, that's when you really started having the changes in your body and mentally and physically. Yeah. I mean, the biggest one was self-love, right? That was the biggest, Mm -hmm. I think anyone um, who gives so much to others, um, anyone who's ever had any trauma, which we all have, I think that the self-love piece I remember listening to one of your very early A Gut Feeling podcasts, and um, I'm sure you'll remember this one, but you said something about putting a a post-it note on your mirror every day that said, I love you. And I remember when I first heard it, like, no offense, I kind of laughed. I was like, well, that's kind of ridiculous. Like, what are people going to think? They come over to my house and they see an I love you post-it note on your bathroom mirror. 
But then you said something about just literally saying to yourself, I love you. You've, you know, um, you are safe, you are supported. And those were words I had never actually like either said out loud to myself or thought to myself as weird as that sounds. Like we all think we have this self-love going on, but do we? Because I mean, my, my reaction was visceral at first. I was like, what is she talking about? That's kind of funny. That's kind of silly. And then I was like, actually, like, that's really cool. I don't, I don't think I do say that to myself. And maybe I should put a post-it note up to remind myself that I love myself, right? We're all trying to improve ourselves, but if we're, if we don't love ourselves, how do you actually improve yourself? That's amazing. And it's so true. If you don't love yourself, how do you really take care of yourself? You know what I mean? Because then you come from what diet culture is rooted in, which is I'm losing weight because it's guilt or shame on myself, or I'm doing this because I have to do it. I'm punishing myself for the pizza I ate last night, so I'm going to do this workout, or I'm juicing all day because I spent you know, a boozy brunch yesterday. And there's so much punishment and guilt and shame around taking care of your body in a certain way versus it being like, no, I love you so much and that's why I'm going to go for a walk because it makes you feel better and I love you so much and that's why I'm, you know, eating this nutritiously packed lunch that I took my time out of my weekend to make for my work day on a Tuesday or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have that self-love or in general you're not a priority in your life, it's not going to stick. That's why the diet industry is a $71 billion a year industry and 95% of diets fail because of that reason. Because they just keep dangling the carrot in front of you like you'll lose the weight if you do this for 30 days. But we don't talk about your relationship to yourself or relationship to food or to alcohol or to emotion or anything. So, you know, what it sounds like is what was happening over time is we were kind of diving in deeper and we were getting to a place where, okay, the the relationship has to be, the, the goal has to be more about your relationship to self. And we have to look deeper into your health versus it just being like a number on a scale. So where do you feel like the biggest shift happened for you along the way where you were like, I mean, maybe it was the podcast where I made you put a I love you note up in your <laughs> but where where was it finally like, you know what? Okay, I get it now. This is what it's about, and I'm gonna shift into it. Cause I can tell people things all day. It doesn't mean they're gonna hear it. It doesn't mean they're gonna receive it, and it doesn't mean it's time for them to hear it. So at some point it was time for you. Where was the biggest shift? So I feel like there were two shifts. So the first shift and it's, you know, I would say it's not a popular opinion, but it's becoming more popular is that I decided to just stop drinking. And you have to understand, I, you know, my husband drinks, I have a big friend group that drinks. Um, it's, it's a big part of life. And when I've done it in the past, I've always said, I'm not going to drink for X amount of time. I always just like kind of put this like end date on it. And I kind of went into it this time where I was like, I'm not going to put an end date on it because I'm not going to put shame around it if I fail. And the craziest thing happened. I didn't drink for like a really long time. We we're um, still not drinking. Still not drinking. Yeah. Went to Paris, went to, did holidays, New Year's, your anniversary, yeah. birthday. Weird. And we're talking about, you know, I mean, I... I'm a person that enjoys cocktails and wine and went wine tasting and has been to Napa and like Europe and yes. So it's a big part of my life. So that I think not putting like this, you only have to do it until this date was huge for me, mm -hmm. um, which changed everything. It changed the way I thought about myself. Um, and, and going back to what you said a moment ago, it's like, I kind of had these revelations of like self, self-respect. Like if I respect myself, which is part of self-love, right? If I respect myself, am I going to put this thing in my body, right? Am I going to put Doritos in my body? No. Why would I put all of this amazing, organic, beautiful food in my body? And then I would drink five or six or eight drinks out. Like, what is the point? 
And so I kind of had to have that revelation. Um, and that's, I would say that single-handedly has been the biggest shift for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and I still don't have like this shame thing around alcohol. Like if I end up having a drink somewhere, I'm going to make the best choice that respects my body and I'm not going to put shame around it if I decide to make that choice for myself. But I now know what the, the outcomes will be if I do make that choice and I can't put shame around that either. So that's one that's, I think that's the, by far the biggest, but the, the other thing that kind of went hand in hand with this was I stopped drinking and about a month and a half after. So I think I was about six weeks in, I went on a retreat that you hosted in Sedona. And I have to tell all the women out there that when Jacqueline first posted about this, I was like, oh my God, I want to do this so bad. I love Sedona. I love Jack. Like this is right up my alley. This is exactly what I need. And I reached out to her and I said, oh, I really want to do it, but I just, I don't think I can. So I immediately already like shut it down. And she was like, why? <laughs> Let me ask you why. Let me ask you why. Let me ask you why. She asked in a very, just like, oh, I'm just curious. And I had already made up a story in my, my head that as a, well, there's a lot of things with work during that time that are, it's not a good time for me to go, which is, was never a great time at work, but whatever. I made it up in my mind. Oh, October. Woo, it's a bad time. Then I also made it up in my mind that my husband wouldn't be supportive. And so I, that's the story I went with. And, you know, she kind of challenged that and was like, well, you don't, you don't know if you don't ask. Right. And I was like, no, it's, it's a great point. Like I've, I'm already making the story that Jason's going to say, eh, do you really need to go? And you know, what's funny is that same day I asked Jason, Hey, what do you think about me going on this retreat to Sedona? And this is when it's at. And he's like, absolutely go for it. Sounds great. And I literally almost fell out of my chair. So it was kind of like <laughs> divine intervention, but also we all make these stories up with like guilting ourselves. Like I created all this guilt around me wanting to do this thing for myself. And I can tell you, cause I'm friends with all the women that were on that retreat and they were amazing. I was not alone. I'd say the majority of them had their own story of guilt that they made up in their minds. And actually a lot of them even took a couple of days, right. For them to even drop the guilt not being a mom at that moment or not being at work at that moment or whatever was going on in their lives. But that was a commitment to myself, like to get out of my comfort zone. I shared a room with someone I'd never met before who ended up being this amazing human and um, a friend now. And, you know, I don't think that there was anything in that retreat that was like monumentally, like so different than I didn't already know about my healing journey, but I was in the right place with the right people, with the right leader to shift my mindset. My mindset finally, like alcohol removed one part of that. And then being in a place where I prioritized myself and dropped the guilt was the second piece. And then it's kind of been amazing since then. That was in October. It's January. I've been losing weight more quickly than I've, and, and in a healthy way, it was like my body finally like gave me the permission I gave myself the permission. Maybe I started to explore self-love and self-respect, something I'd never done before because I was equating my happiness to what I look like on the outside or doing all the right wellness things. That's another part of it too, right? A good wellness girl student. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> loves being the good wellness. I ate my breakfast, Jack. I went to the bathroom, Jack. I did my things, you know, and you know, first of all, just want to acknowledge that. I mean, what a beautiful journey. I would say like, you know, your our whole journey together of coaching, but watching your advancement in the last six to eight months of really shifting into that. You know, I really want you guys to hear this when you're listening is her shift wasn't that she started meal prepping her food or that she prioritized her sleep, which yes, she was doing. But the shift was, I love myself enough to consistently show up for me, put myself first, even though 
I'm, you know, uh, really big in my career in tech and I'm a mom and I'm a wife and I have all these friends that I, you know, um, am around all the time and I'm supposed to do, do, do for everybody. She finally said, you know what, for this moment in time, it's about me and my healing and I need to focus on that. And the shift what she was waiting for and searching for the whole time to lose weight, to have more energy, to feel good, the skin, the vibrancy, all the things came with that. Not another supplement we added on top, not another 30-day protocol, not this in the diet, that in the diet. I mean, she was pretty much, I would say, eating pretty similar. The biggest change being cutting the alcohol out for sure because then there wasn't that sort of cycle of, oh, no, you know, like now I don't feel that great. I don't want to eat that good. But the biggest shift was I matter. And I wanted to repeat that for you guys to know that is the shift that you are searching for. You're not scrolling the internet for the next TikTok supplement. You're not scrolling the internet for the next trendy fad, you know, book that you buy and then go through and do the diet inside of it. You're looking for you. You're looking inside of you. You're looking outside of you to find what's really inside of you. And Heather is no different from any other woman. She found it just sort of searching on her journey and saying, you know what, like I'm going to work with this person. I'm going to get some help here and finally realize like, oh, it's inside of me. And so if Heather can do it, you guys can do it. It's all about instead of pointing the finger out and looking for answers about turning it in and looking inside. And I, from the outside, that was a really beautiful shift. Like it was so incredible to see because it was finally like, you know what, the the stigmas, the verbiage, you know, I'm, you guys know I'm big on verbiage, the negative verbiage, but even the verbiage of the way you would speak, um, Heather, to yourself or around certain things when we were on the phone is like um, versus it being maybe in the beginning, I, um, I just really need to get back on track. Okay, what do I do? Blah, blah, blah. To... Um, I did this. I had some grace. I rested today. I was like, you rested? Holy (laughs) cow, what's going to happen over here? She rested. You know, her body was saying something. Okay, she listened to her body. This is the shift in verbiage that she needed. This is the shift in herself that she needed was for prioritizing herself. So again, just love to reiterate that to people that what you're looking for is inside. And then, you know, Heather, when you went on that journey and you decided, okay, alcohol free, and I'm going to get outside my comfort zone and be around a bunch of women I don't know, which I know was like a little nerve wracking for you. It's like, okay, now I can really, really see that. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org thrive. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. So after you start having this, you know, self-love wake-up call and start prioritizing self, 
you had to sort of include people in your life. You know, you had to tell people, like tell your husband, tell your son, tell your friends, tell your family. How was that for you setting some of those boundaries and speaking up a little bit more for what you need? You know, I think we, I'll go back to like the stories that I built up in my mind. I think I thought it would be harder and then I did it. And there were some reactions I didn't expect. And, um, you know, you and I have talked about this. A, a lot of times it's not about you. It's about the stuff that people are working through on their own. And so sometimes it takes like a certain level of like self-awareness to mm -hmm. understand that. Right. Um, and I think that those conversations had to happen. Um, I probably, my only regret is maybe just not having them sooner in my life because I think we put expectations on people too, and those never go well. So I think for me personally, my recommendation to, to anyone going through this is make sure you're clear about what your goals are for yourself, but also make sure that the people around you know what you want out of your life too, because they, they don't, they're not, they can't guess just because you're eating organic every day and working out, like be very clear about how they can support you. Mm -hmm. And they may not, and you have to be okay with that outcome. Mm -hmm. So prepare yourself for that, I guess. 100%. These conversations are so needed. We had a really great exercise that we did at the retreat. At the very end of the retreat, I snuck that in there for everyone. But I, I had everyone write a letter to the people that needed to hear it at home for most most of everybody did ha does have a husband or everyone there has a husband. Um, but it could be to your children or maybe it needed to be to your mom or to your dad or whoever really needed to hear that um, of, of this is who I am. This is where I want to be. And this is how I need your support. This is who I am. This is where I want to be. And this is why I need your support. And I repeat that because I want you guys to write it down and, and write that out for anyone needs to hear it. Now, not everybody gave their note to that person and that's okay. You don't have to make it some grand thing and, and give it to them, but writing it out will have you showing up and acting a little bit different. We teach people how to treat us 100%. So if we constantly say yes and we brush our feelings under the bed and, you know, just let things go and continue and continue and to continue instead of having these conversations, that's how they're going to continue thinking you are and, and treat you that way. And if we want to show up differently, we're supposed to change, we're allowed to change, we have to be able to to speak that up. And if speaking it is hard, we write it out, we hand the letter and we have a conversation of it after. So something to explore for you guys 100% when you're on your journey, who is around you? We are some of, you know, they say we're the sum of the five people that are closest to us. Now, obviously, sometimes we can't change them because they're family or we don't want to change them, but we also can't change that person, right? We don't, we can't get rid of them. We can't change who they are. They're there. And so we have to shift ourselves. This is the moment where we shift ourselves. So we can't have expectations of other people. We can only see, you know, the, be the change we need to see in ourselves to, to get those results. And so, yeah, you had some hard conversations, some big conversations this year with so much vacation and alcohol and all sorts of things, some really big work conversations as well too. So, so proud of you for like, you know, we're pulling up our big panties on and we're getting in and we're having these conversations. So really, really amazing. Um, and, you know, so powerful for you to step into that. Yeah. Really appreciate that. And just everyone should give themselves, I mean, you said about giving yourself grace, but I think it's time. I was impatient and I look back in when I started and I think that's part of the, the diet culture though, too, right? Like I do this for 30 days and I get this outcome, but we're going to be working on ourselves our whole lives, right? We're going to have a ton of different things that happen to us that are going to change our journey and take us off our path. But I think self-awareness, self-respect, self-love, all those things will help, will hopefully help guide you to do the best thing for you versus always thinking about the perception of others and the expectations of others. Mm -hmm. And that's, 
scary a little bit. Sometimes I totally get that feeling. So, um, I just wanted to share that, that time, like, I think anyone who's type A is like, I want to do X with Y results. And yes, there is some of that, but there's a lot that, right. It's, it's not a, it's not a perfect straight line. It's not linear. Yeah. And I like to throw an LMNOP in there. And then like, what the heck? No, you're just supposed to tell me what to eat. And I'm like, right. sorry, it doesn't work that way. Because if it was, if it worked, it already would have worked. Oh, right we wouldn't be having this conversation. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'd be working for diet culture <laughs> instead of the opposite side, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but I'm actually really glad that you said that. I'm sure that hit home for a lot of people. And yeah, really, really beautiful. You know, so along the way, we have these big shifts. We have these big breakthroughs. It's about me. You know, I'm, you know, alcohol is an issue for me. These things are, I want to work on these things. I want to dive a little bit deeper. I want to go harder into those things and really and own up to them. But there were probably some easier, more gentle, softer habits or routines or strategies that you put in and and that really worked for you. Some things that you can share as a busy working mom and, you know, career woman, what are some of the strategies you put in that you think were really helpful that maybe anyone can do any day? Yeah, I mean, I think the easiest one for me, I I have to work out and I always found ways to not work out. So I think prioritizing your, whatever works out for you in terms of your fitness and what you need to do. Um, I used to also be in the school of, if I go to the gym, I better go for an hour. Or if I'm going to go for a walk, I better walk for three miles. And I really shifted lately. And some days I only have 30 minutes at the gym, which, you know, kind of sucks. If I'm going to drive 50 minutes each way there, I'm like, what a waste. And I really had to shift from like, it's not a waste. It's 30 minutes I wouldn't have done. Or if I only have time to do a 20 minute walk, I'm doing a 20 minute walk, but put it in your calendar. That's, Mm -hmm. I think there's too many things that can go haywire in a week and try to do it in a time that, you know, it's not going to get disrupted. Like for me, I do it very early. Does it still get disrupted sometimes? Of course. And then I figure out a way to try to get it in later. But I think get out of the mindset that you have to have a rigid workout routine And that it has to be a specific workout or a specific thing. Find something that you love. For me, I explored Pilates because I had some hip problems. And um, Pilates has become my absolute favorite thing. So I think find the thing that you love and prioritize it. Mm -hmm. Don't push yourself to do the things that you don't like to do. Like Mm -hmm. if If you hate being on the Peloton bike, then don't do it. But we all have tortured ourselves with workouts that we think are more effective just because cardio, especially, right? 100%. So that's kind of one easy one for me, but also like sleep is huge, right? I got an aura ring. I started really thinking about what time do I go to bed? I started actually even really looking at like the nights that I don't get deep sleep. Why do I not get deep sleep? What am I doing? What are my routines? I think that was maybe one, sorry to interrupt you, yeah. but I think that was maybe one when you discovered the alcohol piece, Oh, 100%. right? Because you were wearing the aura and then you were like, wait a minute, one glass of wine and oh. I'm not hitting my REM sleep. Yeah. I mean, like not even going into any sort of um, deep sleep, just tossing and turning. And the scariest part of it for those that, you know, like the science and like the, like to nerd out on all the aura stuff. The interesting thing for me was I realized how scary it was that my heart rate variability was so low that my heart was working so hard to burn this poison out of my body. And if I compare it to a night when, like, I I mean, my heart rate variability right now is almost as high as my resting heart rate. But on nights when I would drink alcohol, I'd be like 13, 17, like scary. I'm 45. Like, I don't need to make anything, you know, harder. I want to live a really long time. So I think that sleep is huge and your habits before sleep are really important. I like to look at Instagram. I like to do all that stuff too, but I think taking a hard look at how do you wind down, you know, what makes you feel relaxed at night? Like last night I took, you know, a nice warm bath and read and I, it took me no time to fall asleep. Move your body and sleep are the easiest things. Food's more complicated than that. I think it really depends on the person and what they have time for, but 
I think you and I have joked before. I like literally eat like a child. Like I eat the same meals a lot, which I know some people would argue, you know, maybe that's not the best for your biome, but, (laughs) but does it make my life easier? Yes. Like I have three like meals that I are my go-to every week that are always in my freezer freezer so that I don't throw away the food, but I know I always have something. Those are easy, you know, and they don't put a lot of pressure on yourself to get stuff done, but yeah, your life changes when you do those things. hundred percent. And I want to recap some important things she said before I do the, the evening routine, just so everyone knows, far cry from what it used to be like a couple years ago where I had to check in with Heather and be like, are you on your phone? She's checking emails at 11 p.m. right before she goes to bed or literally jumps out of bed and gets on her computer and does tasks. She has worked so hard to set some hard boundaries with work. And listen, you know, it may seem impossible to do it, but I'm telling you, I've watched Heather. If Heather can do it in her EA job, you guys can do it. It's just about setting little boundaries for yourself. And, you know, before she's, you know, on her computer right before bed and now she's taking a bath and reading, her sleep has improved. And if your sleep improves, your body doesn't have to be in a state of uh, fight or flight. So it will let go of fat, you know? So we, we want it to be about diet and exercise, but it's really about sleep and stress and self-love the three S's we'll call them. (laughs) Um, And so when you really focus on that, but some of the things that she said just to really showcase, the first thing you said that really stuck out to me, schedule it in. If you are a, you know, working hard female, like you got to add it into the schedule. It's not going to just jump in your schedule and be like, oh, it's just a perfect day for a walk. You have to put it in. I, you know, I even have to put it in without having kids and like curating my own schedule. I still have to put it in. And so schedule that in, make it to the path of least resistance is basically what Heather was saying is if the morning is the best, make it the morning. If it's the night, if it's in your lunch hour, I have clients who would join the weekly um, group meeting on a walk on their lunch hour because they're not going to not get it in. You know what I mean? So it's really important to kind of have, you know, understanding around that too. Like you got to schedule it when you can. So number one, schedule it in. Number two, prioritize sleep have a good sleep routine. You know, I talk about, you know, being off the phone and, um, you know, having a relaxing routine, a bath or whatever it is. So really just those two simple things. Can you even just start with those? Those two things say to yourself, I love you. I care about you. I'm going to give you 20 minutes of your day for a walk or 20 minutes at night before bed to give you some other things. So just some light shifts if you're not ready to go, you know, balls to the wall like Heather did on her big shift. But, you know, just as we wrap up this podcast, again, Heather, just appreciate for you for opening up and sharing your story with women because I know so many women who are living like day in and day out the same way that you were. Can you just briefly tell us maybe some of the biggest struggles you were having in the beginning and where you are now and like what's been resolved by taking these changes, both big and small, the big ones like shifting into self-love and letting go of alcohol and the small ones of prioritizing wellness and exercise? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest one is alcohol hands down. Right. I mean, I think where I was when I first started was, um, and I've said this to you a few times, I was very numbed out with alcohol. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of people use alcohol, right. We're all overstimulated. We all, um, think that that's the best way for us to deal with stress or it's a way to connect with other people. Um, I realized that the relationships that I had with people that were built around alcohol weren't as deep as I thought they were. And so it, it actually changed a lot of conversations. Um, Mm -hmm. and it actually enhanced some relationships in a very different way that I didn't expect. So Mm -hmm. I think where I was to where I am now, very different place. Um, mindset, the biggest shift there with alcohol, because I think that when you are numbed out and you are escaping, which is what I was doing, um, you're not living the life that you're kind of working towards. So I think that was, that was a really hard one that took me years, years Mm -hmm. to figure out. Um, I think the other thing, I mean, definitely self-love is a big piece of that. I think also 
you know, we didn't talk a lot about food, but I think that um, the numbing out that I did with alcohol, I did with food as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that that came from self-love that came from some awareness. And I think when I first came to you, I remember like putting everything in like a food journal and writing everything down. And I remember having this conversation at one point and just saying, this actually stresses me out more. Like, I know this is supposed to be the window into helping me, but like, it's not helping me. Like I'm now stressed because, and it wasn't even like that. I was stressed about like the perception of what I was eating. It was just logging it and looking at all of it. It, it just, it took so much weight in my life. It took away from other things. And I think what I realized is I know how to eat healthy, but I also need to like listen to my body and listen to when I'm full and not deprive myself from things either. I mean, I went to Europe in December and I was like, if I'm going to have one thing every day, I'm having creme brulee. Like I'm <laughs> it's happening. Yeah. You know what? I didn't gain any weight the entire time I was in Europe. Not one mm-hmm. ounce. And I think, and I didn't care if I did. Like, I think past Heather would have absolutely been worried about it the whole time to the, to the point of when I got back the next day, I would have gotten on the scale just to figure out exactly what I weighed. And you know what? I didn't weigh myself for like a week after I got back. So maybe I did, I probably did for a little bit, you know, maybe have some water weight from the plane. But that's a far cry from where I was. Like I mm-hmm. was deeply embedded in diet culture and logging my food. And, oh, I did all the cleanses, mm-hmm. all the seven-day fasting. All I read books and books and books. And Sometimes I think Heather knows more about wellness than I do. Like, <laughs> no. Not what are we doing here? <laughs> no. But like the self-love piece is what you've taught me. And you can't get that from a book. I have not found a book yet that someone has – so eloquently helped me understand that without that, what am I doing? I'm just like a rat on a wheel. I'm just going Mm -hmm. through the motions of life just to have something come up in the future that doesn't support me and doesn't right. Really, I guess, align to what I want for my future. Absolutely. Very beautiful. I, you know, just want to, again, thank you for sharing your story and all of your tips for everybody. I'm really proud of the work that you've done. And I know that you are out there in the world inspiring so many to really take control of their health, no matter, you know, no matter what age, no matter how you feel, no matter what, you can always shift your life and now live the second half of your life with so much vitality. So, 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 so proud of you. Now, if you guys want your own gut transformation, you want to dive into your own journey to self-care, to self-love, really actually get those sustainable long-term results without the short-term fixes, then your next step is to book a discovery call with me below. It's completely complimentary. We meet face-to-face on Zoom and we talk about the right action plan for you. So again, thank you so much, Heather, for being here. We appreciate you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. We'll have to have her back on to dive in a little bit deeper. (laughs) But thank you so much. And we look forward to seeing you guys in the next episode. Happy healing. I'm Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.